Now into the pulpit. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And, and, yeah, that's true. I was the reigning ping pong champion for about, I don't know, 1,500 years. And then Chris took me down last year, but you weren't there this time. And nobody could even return a serve on this man right here. He didn't even smile during the whole game. <laughs> I, I did enjoy humbling John a couple games. Since I'm a humble guy, you know, I wanted to humble. <laughs> That's the first time I've been called humble. <laughs> uh, we had a great time. I, I, I had a great time anyway, you know. Uh, the worship was wonderful because I, I would, uh, Mark asked me, he says, now you got everything prepared? And I go, I don't got nothing prepared. <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm not like you, Mark. I'm not a teacher, you know. I'm a, you know, I, I go into a place and I go, okay, God, what do you want to say, you know? And so now I'll go and pray and stuff. And, and, and I would pray and the Lord would give me something, you know, and I would go in and then Joshua would just sing it, you know? And I go, wow, this is great, you know, prophetically just sing my sermon, you know, and, and uh, the things that I wanted to say. So I just had a great time. You got a great church here, disciples, love the worship, love the presence of God and, uh, you know, I, I, I was in uh, different churches where there's over a thousand people and stuff. And you just, you go, is, is God in this place, you know? And, and it's not being critical, but, but we need anointed worship, especially if we're going to hear prophetically from the Lord. Because we, we need to hear the now word and what God's saying today. Um, you know, to, in, in order to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, Joshua, when he crossed the Jordan, he had to hear afresh. Moses died, right? He had to hear afresh. He couldn't just depend on what God said in the past. Because, you know, he had to cross the Jordan when it was flooded. So guess what? God had to do another miracle like the Red Sea. Now, if Joshua would have said, listen, you know, I don't really need to, you know, I know what Moses did. I'll grab his rod and I know how to do this. I'll just hit the water and it'll part, right? No, that isn't what Joshua did. He, he, he said, well, Lord, what do you want? He says, get the priests and, 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 and children of Israel follow the ark. They're going to carry the ark. And as soon as their feet hit the water, not the rod, the feet, right? The waters parted and they were able to go through. Well, in the same way, we need to hear afresh from the Lord. That's why prophetic ministry is so important in these last days. And that's why there's so much resistance, Right? And plus, we have a lot of false prophets. Amen? Weird ones. You know. <laughs> I won't look at him. <laughs> no, strange ones. <laughs> Weird ones in, in, in these last days. I remember going into Mexico, and we were going to, we, we did a pro, uh, prophetic seminar, and this, we had a bunch of pastors, and this was years ago, and this pastor came up to me, and he, I don't know why he was there, but he said, he says, I don't receive prophets. The last time I received a prophet, he came in, and he told us how bad we were, and he split our church, and I don't receive prophets anymore. Just like that, and I went, woo, you know, poor guy, you know, this was, so I said, <laughs> I looked at him and I said, I, I had a pastor and he ran away with the secretary and he took all the money. He split the church. I don't receive pastors anymore, I told him. 
And he looked at me, you know. <laughs> I mean, I was kidding, but I mean, you know, I wanted to get the point. I wanted to get the point across. There's, there's, there's false shepherds and there's good shepherds, right? Yeah, you got a good shepherd here and a good shepherd's wife with a good mind. Praise the Lord. I, I admire this couple because I, I, I see the children and the children they have adopted, and what a, I mean, what a wonderful. I mean, I, you know, just laying down their lives for the gospel in simple ways. Children, you have to be a child to enter the kingdom. And John, I room with him. He's like a big kid, you know. <laughs> we had, I heard he snored, so I said, I can't sleep with snores. Mark called me, and he says, can I room with you? And I said, no, you cannot room with me. I can, I can, you know, I've been in Africa where I had bats over me with pooping on my pooping on my net, you know my uh, my net to keep out the mosquito net and stuff, and I was able to sleep fine. You know they were making no, you know, but I can't sleep with snores. So God answered my prayer. He didn't snore all night. He didn't. He did not snore. I kind of put him on the couch, and the other there was a wall up. I did do that because I go, man, I, you know, I can't sleep with snores, but I can sleep anyway. You know, all kinds of things can happen. You know, I mean, I can be in dangerous places. I just go right to sleep. But if I'm with a snore, I was with Italy with Mark, and I says, uh, and we're sleeping in the same bed together, and 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 I and I. For one, I didn't. I, that kind of bothered me. No, he wasn't fine with it either. So, but it was a little apartment, and 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 our our buddy was sleeping on the couch, and then he told me he snored, and and then he said, "Can I say this other part about?" Yes, I, I do. I feel it's necessary. <laughs> do you feel it's necessary that I reveal secrets about Mark? They want to hear. Jeff really wants to hear. Right? Then he says, I snore and I sleep naked. I said, that's it. <laughs> I'm not sleeping in this bed with you. So, uh, so I, I went into the Italian guy. Uh, what was his name? Do you remember the little short guy? Jose. No, that was that was Mexico. Any, Frank? Frank. Anyway, well, I said, Frank, man, you got to put me up in the couch. I'm sorry. You know, so he set up at the couch for me. He was a little short guy. So he's, he was about to hear on me. So he's really short. So I got the longer couch, which is unusual. I usually get the short couch and he got the master bedroom. I gladly gave him the master bedroom. Praise the Lord. So how did I get to this? Is this my sermon? How did I? <laughs> yeah, prophets and a fresh word. <laughs> Strange prophets. <laughs> yeah, I, everybody has a strange prophet in their church. You guys get to have one. Nice, you, know, you know. I mean, you know, remember the she bears that came out and killed the guys that said baldy, baldy. I do not want to say anything about his bald head. God forbid the she bears will get me. So that's my introduction. Whatever it was. Um. The, the first night that we were uh, uh, at the men's, uh, I call it a men's advance. I don't like to call it men's retreat. Amen? Change the name to men's advance. Men's advance, uh, uh, the Lord had, had given me a word because it was on, the, the, the theme Rick had was on warfare, you know. 
And, uh, and so the, the, the first night, um, I, I talked about how our enemies are the ones that promote us. And, and the, you know, so be happy when the enemy comes in to attack you because it's time for promotion. Amen? Amen? And, and, and you know, which is a kind of a strange word. Well, how, you know what I mean? The enemies promote us. Well, and I use the example, one of the examples of David. David got anointed by Samuel. He was a great prophet. The anointing came upon him in front of all his brothers, and he was promoted that day. No, he went out and watched the sheep. <laughs> you know? But one day there was a guy named Goliath. That came coming against, defied the, the, the children of Israel. And guess what? He cut off his head. And guess what? He was promoted over all the armies. Got, you know, Saul killed thousands and, and David tens of thousands. So, so my message was, was the, the enemy, if, if the enemies are really attacking you, especially big ones, man, get excited. Dance. Wow, you're going to be promoted. There's promotion coming. Isn't it exciting when, you know. So. But most of the time when the enemy comes, we go, oh, whoa, it's me. God, please bless me. Bless me, that anointing oil. I want to be happy. I don't want these enemies at me. But we need to change our thinking. The enemies promote us. Hallelujah. How do we overcome unless we have an enemy? And God has all the, you look at the book of Revelation, it's all to the overcomer. Overcome what? Satan. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. You have to have a test to have a testimony. And not love our life to the death. So, anyway, when I was, I was praying this morning, I was um, um, asking the Lord, what do you want me to... And I, I felt like I needed to kind of go along those lines. I mentioned something, and I don't know if them... I, I mentioned a lot of things. I was throwing... Like Bob said, I was, it was like a shotgun hitting the, going here and there. And I, and I had mentioned three Ps. The three Ps were the, God gives us a promise, and then there's a problem, and then the provision. And I, I want to I talk about the three Ps this morning because we can see that pattern all the way through Scripture. And um, let's look at our first, our first uh, verse here is in Hebrews 10 verse 36. Okay. Uh, NIV. Hebrews 10. Verse 36. You have need... To persevere, that's another P. We can add persevere to it. Mark added that on the way. He wanted to know what I was preaching on. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has been promised to you. So we, we need to persevere in the problem. That after we've done the will of God, that promise that God's given you would be fulfilled. Sometimes the perseverance has to do with just a day, 24 hours, or maybe, maybe a, a week. Or maybe it has to do you know, with, the, uh, with, with finances and our, our wonderful couple there that was on TV. The stars there right there. <laughs> I, I see you. They had to persevere. They had a promise. And, and what did they do? They wrote the check anyway. They wrote the check anyway. And you persevered and what? God's promise came to 
passed, provision came. Amen? But it wasn't easy. You got a promise. You had to go through a little valley, didn't you? A big valley, actually. Right? Losing your job, staying at home, not providing for your family, and all the right. Well, great testimony. I enjoyed that. Wow, that was neat. But that went right along with my message. Amen? God gave you a promise, and in the valley, you persevered and gave to God anyway. And what did God do? Open the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. So if I need a car, I know where to go. <laughs> Actually, my, my car is at 2004. Maybe I need to talk to you after church. <laughs> it's kind of falling apart. My air conditioner doesn't work anymore. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 21. Talks about an inheritance. Oh, we got it up there. An inheritance quickly gained at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Isn't that interesting? Uh, you know, uh, I, I've known people that have inherited multi-million dollar businesses uh, from their father. And very few of them ever progressed. In fact, they all went down. In fact, I know one person, they lost everything. Because it was given to them like at 20 or 21, and, and they, they, they were never prepared for the inheritance. And God doesn't want a bunch of spoiled children, so he gives us a promise. He gives us an inheritance and says, here's your inheritance, but guess what? Here's the promise, but, you know, you're, you're not going to get it that quickly. You're not going to get it overnight. And, you know, it's like my granddaughter. She, she just turned eight yesterday, and it would be like her coming to me and saying, Papa, Papa, give me the keys to the car. Give me the keys to the car. And even if my granddaughter fasted for 40 days, I still wouldn't give her the keys to the car. Give me the keys to the car. No, no. When you're 16, maybe I, you know, like your, like your mom, I helped her and trained her, but I, I waited till she was ready for that inheritance. And it's the same in God. Once in a while, we'll see people blow out because they got the keys too early. Sometimes God kind of allows it, and you know, people are begging for the keys, and they've got all this, you know, they want to come into their great ministry, and God gives them the keys, and they blow out. Why? Because they got it too quickly. God's a good father. He's not going to, you're going to go through the valley for a while until, the, until, until you're ready for the provision. Amen? So let's, uh, let's look at some examples in the scripture here. And um, Abraham is one. Um, Genesis uh, 15, uh, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. In other words, there's a, there's a promise. The next, uh, do we have the next verse too? Did I put down 15.5? He took him outside and looked at the heavens and counted the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall be your offspring. Next verse. And here Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, Now, what happened to Abraham was he received the promise. 
He said, listen, out of your own, your own, how did they put it? Your own loins, seed. You're going to have a son. You're going to have an heir. And, and so, so, so I give you this promise. And Abraham says, I believe you, Lord. And then he had a son the next day, right? <laughs> he got a promise. And all of a sudden, there was a problem. The second P. The problem was waiting and waiting and waiting and doubting and says, hey, Sarah, we would take Hagar, you know, have an Ishmael, you know, and, you know, he made some mistakes. How many know we make mistakes along the way? And, and though we make mistakes along the way, isn't it nice that God uh, forgives us, covers our sin, covers our mistakes, and stays focused on the promise in our life? And God stayed focused on the promise, and, and what happened? He waited till the womb was totally closed. She couldn't bear any more children. Waited till he was old. She was 90. He was 100, whatever. And, and, and he waited until it was impossible with, 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 with man. But all things, the scripture says, is possible with God. And many times what God will do in our own personal lives, he'll give us a wonderful promise. And, and a lot of times, you know, prophets and prophetic ministry, and, you know, you hear these things, and people are excited. Wow, man, that was a great... And I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, the problem's coming, man. You know, I don't think, you know, a lot of times, you know, I, I avoid some prophets sometimes. I go, I got enough promises, man. <laughs> I don't want any more problems. <laughs> And so what happened to Abraham was he got a promise, then there was a problem, and what happened? Was it fulfilled? Absolutely. There, there, there was a provision there. It says in uh, see, uh, Genesis 21, is that what I have up there for uh, the next verse? Twenty-one. Let me look at it here. 21.1, I think. Is that what I have up there? Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had, what? What he promised. Even though, you know, the Lord came, you know, and she laughed in the tent, and, you know, how could this thing be? And, 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 and the Lord says, hey, is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis 18.14 says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Let me ask you that question. I, 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 I believe that's a prophetic question for us as a church and for you as an individual. You have to ask that question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Has God given you certain promises that just have not come to pass? You know? And so we, 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 we throw up our hands and kind of give up and go, oh, you know, God, it wasn't really God anyway or... I was just imagining things. God really doesn't care that much or whatever else. No. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything? Nothing. Nothing's too... He can take your little promise that he's given you, maybe a big promise, and he'll bring it to pass. The word of the Lord's not going to come back void. It'll accomplish what he has purpose. 
And even when you have Ishmael's and, and you, uh, uh, you know, tell, tell different kings that, <laughs> that your, your wife is your sister. And I mean, Abraham made all kinds of wacko things. Can you imagine? You know, John going in saying, you know, look how pretty hope is. And saying, this is my sister. You know, just gonna... Of course, he wouldn't, wouldn't be alive or married, probably. One of the two. You would kill him. But Sarah, Sarah didn't, Sarah didn't uh, kill Abraham. And, and it, not only did it, he did it once. He did it twice. Right? So you, we can't look at him and say, Abraham's this man of faith. Have you ever given away your wife to other men? I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is the man of faith. <laughs> I mean, how would you like all your sins to be in the Bible? You know, I mean, <laughs> thank God. You know, you look at David, you know, David, a man after God's own heart. He goes, come on. He's got all these women. We were discussing about polygamy and, you know, God kind of winking at it in the, in the Old Testament and stuff. And he's, I mean, he's the king, you know, I mean, he, concubines, wives. And then he goes after, you know, Uriah, one of the mighty men's wives. And then he, does, and then he you know, and then he commits adultery with her. He gets her pregnant and he kills him. I was telling John. The other day in the genealogies, people said, well, Bathsheba's in the genealogies. And I said, her name isn't in there. It says the wife of Uriah. Uriah's in there. Isn't that good? Uriah's in there. What a man of God he was. Remember, David tried to get him drunk to sleep with his wife. He says, I can't do that, the ark. You know, it was time for kings to go to war, and David stayed home. But Uriah knew because David taught him well. Says Joab's in the field. The ark's in the field. There's war in the field. This is not the time to go home and sleep with my wife. What a man of God! That's why he's in the genealogy. Uriah was a mighty man of God because David trained him well. You know, I mean, and yet. He's a man after God's own heart. God fulfilled this purpose. The tabernacle of David's going to be restored. God, uh, um, Jesus is the son of David. Wow. <laughs> the son, son, of, son of a sinner like Abraham and David, isn't it? <laughs> Moses was a murderer. He killed an Egyptian. I mean, Paul you know, was Stephen. Sins all the way through, man. And yet these were all mighty men of God and women of God. So though God gives you a promise and, and, you, and, and you're waiting, you're waiting and, and, and things happen and you try to make it, you try to fulfill it in the flesh and stuff. God hasn't forgotten the promise. Nothing's too hard for him. He'll bring it to pass. Even when you're, you make mistakes, you mess up, you're, you, you know, you, you, I mean, you just fall in unbelief and everything else. Oh, God's good. And He's good all the time. Amen? So we got a promise, problem, provision. Let's look at Psalm 105, verse 17 through 20. It talks about Joseph. We mentioned Joseph at the, at the men's advance. 
verse 17. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons until what he foretold came to pass. Till the word of the Lord proved him what? True. Till the word of the Lord, the promise of the promise came and it proved Joseph true. Because Joseph, you know, at 17, man, he got this, this nice coat. Hey, man, you brothers don't have this, baby. And then he got this dream, you know, and they, they're all bowing down before him. And, and so he figured he'd tell the, what a, what a dummy, tell the bro- older brothers this dream. They're all bowing down to him, you know, and says, who is this dreamer? Let's kill him. So Joseph got a promise at 17. He should have pondered in his heart and kept his mouth shut, but he didn't. <laughs> there's, there's things that have been said to me privately, you know, by men of God and stuff that I can't even speak out loud because it looks like I'm just a prideful guy. You know, so I just ponder them in my heart and say, okay, glory. You know. But that's what Joseph should have done. But he was only 17, so he wanted to mouth off. He had a wonderful dream. He had the anointing. He had the coat. He had everything. He had the promise. And there was a little problem that Joseph had because he was thrown in the pit. And, and, and sometimes the promise, when God gives us a promise and we're in the problem, it looks the opposite. Because all of a sudden, his brothers weren't bowing down to him. He was looking up at his brothers. From a pit. <laughs> says, wait a minute, Lord, this wasn't the promise. <laughs> what happened to the promise? <laughs> the opposite happens. And sometimes what happens is God gives us a promise and all of a sudden, you know, we're at, we lose our job. We're home watching the kid. Our wife has to go to work. Where's the promise, Lord? <laughs> so Joseph had... Wonderful enemies, his brothers, they threw him in the pit. And then he had Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife, who, you know, because he was a hunk of a man, Joseph, she kept on wanting to go to bed with him. And pretty soon it was, you know, he tore, you know, you, you know the story. And then he spent, I think, 13 years in prison. Is it 13 years, John? 12? The whole thing was 13, two years. Well, I know it was two years after the butler and the baker. And, and, and then they forgot him. So, so anyway, he, he spent time in prison, you know. But he, the, the scripture says he was in the Lord's prison. One thing about Joseph, he wasn't like David or Abraham or something. He was obedient. You know, I mean, he was cocky and the rest, and he did some dumb things. But, but he was obedient. He ran, you know, from, you know, the Bible says, flee youthful lust. You know why you run from it? Because you can't overcome it. Get out of there. It's just, <laughs> it's the best thing to do. <laughs> I got a story, but it's R-rated. I better not tell it. So anyway, um, Joseph spent this time in prison until the Bible says the word proved him true. Isn't that good? I remember. Um, I don't know if I told this story before, but I remember there was uh, when, when I first got saved. 
I, I, um, I didn't know I, I was called to preach or anything. I went to this concert thing, and I, and, and I was stuttering. I was shaking, and, I, and the Holy Spirit fell on me. I began to preach, and, and I, I realized God had called me to preach. So, so, uh, so the Lord opened up a ministry for, to me. I was only 22 years old. And, and hundreds of people got saved. It was during the Jesus movement. God was moving and the rest. And, and you know, and so I, this ministry was a few years. And so I, I, I went to this one church where it was an older man of God who had laid hands on me, got filled with the Holy Ghost. But he didn't recognize my wonderful gift. And, and so, so I said, goodbye. You don't recognize my gift. I'll go to the, another church that does. So I went to this other charismatic Church, you know, they even danced and believed in the prophetic and stuff. And I says, they'll, they'll allow me in the pulpit because I wanted, of course, this is, this is, you know, this is where I wanted to be. So, so all of a sudden they didn't recognize my wonderful gift. So I said goodbye. So, so that we, we, uh, so me, uh, this other guy, he was kind of, he was a, from the hippie days and stuff, and he gathered a bunch of people, and I brought a few people with me, and he, he made these promises, man, you're going to preach, and you're going to be with me, and he was the pastor, and, you know, and I says, I, finally, I found my place, right, you know, and so he had me preach one time, and that was it, and all of a sudden, he didn't want me to preach anymore, well, it, it, there was reasons why they didn't want me to preach. I was arrogant, prideful. Why do you want that, all that spewing out of the pulpit? You know, but I didn't see it. I thought I was a humble, nice guy. You know, I mean, I couldn't see anything. And one thing about pride, it blinds you to yourself. That's, you know, comes, comes with the territory. But anyway, so, so, um, so I was going to leave again. I wasn't sure where I was going, but I knew I needed to fast. So I, I went on a, a seven-day fast. I figured God's going to speak to me and, and the rest. And I was driving truck at the time. I had a full-time ministry, uh, driving truck. <laughs> it was a ministry. And, and, uh, and on the sixth day, I got in this bad accident, wound up in the hospital. I have a scar on my leg. I had 52 ch- stitches in, it, in, in my leg. It split open. Missed main arteries. I was almost, uh, I should have been crippled. Missed main arteries and the rest. And so, so I couldn't walk for a few months. And, uh, and I, and, and I said, I, I think, Lord, you're trying to get my attention. <laughs> so I says, I better start listening to the Lord. What are you saying, Lord? And the Lord began to reveal to me all this pride and self-will and how I wanted to be seen by people and how I wanted the pulpit and how I wanted this and that. And it was just ugly what I saw. I didn't, I didn't see it before. I thought I was just a nice, well, like John said, a nice humble guy. You know? <laughs> so anyway, so, so I said, okay, Lord, I'll stay here. And this was a young preacher and he had some young elders that were younger than me, actually. And, and so what I, what I did is I, I, I made a commitment. I says, I'm staying until, Whenever, if I never preach again, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm just staying. So, so I would stay and I would serve. I wasn't part of the leadership. They didn't allow me. I wouldn't have allowed me to be part of the leadership either. He didn't allow me to be part of the leadership. So he had these other young guys, and when he was gone or whatever, he, they would get up and preach, you know. And I, I would sit back there going, I can preach better than that, but that's terrible. And I'm, I'm judging them, you know. And I'm going, man, it's not. It's not taken care of yet, is it, Lord? And the Lord says, go up there and encourage them after they're done because they need encouragement. So I'd go up in obedience and, and try to find something I liked in the message. <laughs> it's because I want to be honest. And I go, man, boy, that was, 
That part, man, that really ministered to me, you know. I didn't tell him the rest was really bad, but I was, you know, so. So, so I, I said, well, this is going to be over in a few months, right? Uh, this guy's going to, you know, allow, you know, bring me into leadership, allow me to preach or whatever. Two years went by. I did nothing. For two years, I didn't preach. Didn't do any. I wasn't in leadership. I, all I, did, I, put, I helped set up chairs and do stuff. And, and, uh. And I, I really don't know what happened to me except for, uh, you know, I, I got a promise. I had a problem, but, but the thing had to die in me. I mean, you know, you know Isaac had to die. I mean, it was, it was a total Isaac thing, you know. So one day, this couple in our, in, in our church came over, and they were mad at the pastor. And you don't have that problem at all because everybody loves you. Right, everybody loves you. He he doesn't have that problem, does he? No, no, because everybody's lovely here, and and people that come in, they all love you. Anyway, this guy wasn't like you guys. He had some people that didn't like him. <laughs> I'm making a joke. Every pastor has, you know, I I call him uh, uh, Sister Sandpaper and Brother Hammer. They, we all <laughs> they help him. <laughs> So, so anyway, brother, brother Hammer and Sister Sandpaper came to my house for dinner. And, and oh, they were mad. They said, yeah, he doesn't do this, and he doesn't do that, and he doesn't do that. You know, and, and, and I, I'm listening to them, I'm being nice, and the rest, you know. And, and then, they, then they pointed at me, and they said, Dennis, we heard you used to preach. In fact, you had an anointing and the, and the rest. And he says, why doesn't he let, ever let you preach? And, and I believe if that couple was there six months before, I would have said, yeah. But I didn't. I, I just, it was a Saturday night, and I said, uh, still kind of remember the words. Because, you see, with, with God, he's not like your professors or your teachers. He never lets you know when it's test time. So, so you can't bone up. This girl can bone up. You can't bone up for the test. Because you never know. Right? You never know when it's test time. Believe me, that Saturday night was test time for me, and I didn't know it. So, so I looked at him, and out of my mouth, and it was out of my heart, I said, if God ever wants me to preach again, he'll move mountains, but I'm not going to move my little finger. Boom. And I didn't think, I didn't know it was test time. I didn't know it was, you know, I didn't know. I just, it came out, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It was two years, and, and I didn't know the thing was dead. I didn't know anything. So, 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 so what happened was, it was a Saturday night, and the next morning, it happened this quick. The next morning, the pastor calls me. <coughs> I got this cold. I can't, I can't preach this morning. Dennis, can you preach for me? And I went, <laughs> I went two years ago. <laughs> and he recognized me. You know, he go, and then the Lord said it was test time. And you didn't even know it. Because I couldn't bone up for it. And, and now I've preached around the world. And when I go preaching and stuff, I don't have to be the, oh, let me be the closing. Let me be the first. Let me, you know, I, <laughs> You know, just let me be a servant. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and if, you know, I have a gift. Let me serve. 
So what God did is he gave me a promise as a young man. But I had to, have, I had to go through a problem. <laughs> a big problem. <laughs> yeah, myself. Now, I still have big problems I go through. <laughs> and bigger devils I'm dealing with right now. I'm still doing. You know, but it's the same uh, principle. God gives you a promise. And he's given me some big promises especially these last few years, and now there's a problem, right? There's a problem. And I have to persevere in the problem in order for the provision to come. But the word of the Lord's going to come to pass because there's nothing too hard for God. Now, you, you may have to wait for it. I like this guy. Oh, he's clapping. He says, What's your name? Anthony. That's a good name. Did they call you Tony? No. Anthony? Okay, I'll call you Anthony. All right. My oldest son's name Anthony. But we call him Tony. That's why I'm saying so. Uh, 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. We talked about David. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. So, so what happened to David? David was a young kid um, and, and, and he was out watching the sheep. And nobody paid attention to him. There were seven brothers went by, and he was number eight, and they went and got the runt. And they brought him in, and they anointed him with oil, a kingly anointing. The same oil, that, the same prophet, and the same oil that was placed upon Saul. You notice, you notice that Saul got his inheritance too quickly, right? And guess what? Saul didn't end up too well. He had demons, and he lost the anointing, he lost everything. And, and you know, for some reason, he got the keys too quickly. You know, the people wanted it and the rest. And, and, but, but, it, but it was the anointing of a king. But, but you know, he was probably, John feels he was 17. I think he might have been younger than that. But, but you know, I'm not sure. But he, he didn't become king of Judah till he was 33 and king of all Israel till he was 40. So, so, so the thing is, is guess what? He got a promise. And it depends on the promise of the preparation time. So the preparation time had to do with his enemies. Goliath was part of the preparation. But, but the biggest preparation was Saul. Saul was throwing spears at him. Saul, he could have killed Saul. And when he cut his robe and his, his heart was, 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 was convicted and says, No, touch not my anointed. Don't do my prophets no harm. His response over and over and over again uh, uh, prepared him to be a king, a great king. You know, where, where Jesus said, in the line of the King David, you know, of Judah, you know, uh, Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin, but David was the tribe of Judah. And, and of course, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the son of David. But there was reasons for that where, you know, you know, David made his mistakes, but man, what a man after God's heart. Amen. What a, what, what a great man. What a great man. How he responded. He was a warrior, and yet he knew how to humble himself time and time again. 
He knew how to love a man that hated him. He knew how to honor that position because one day God was preparing for him to be in that position because the anointing oil had come upon him. So David got a promise from a true prophet that he was going to be king. He was anointed and the Spirit of God came on him in great power. That's why the lion and the bear and Goliath and the rest with great power. But an inheritance too quickly, don't end too well. So David had to go through a preparation time. And did the word of the Lord come to pass? <laughs> you better believe it. They got a great king, and he had great mighty men. God prepared him well. He got a promise. He, was, he persevered in the problem, and provision came. Sometimes we have to wait years. David had to wait years. It depends on the promise. Sometimes we don't, we, we don't have to wait that long. How long did you wait before you got your uh, three years? Three years. Yeah. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. How many days? Yeah. 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 How many hours and how many minutes and how many seconds? Three, three, three and a half years they waited. Being tested in the valley. You still going to be true? You still going to tithe? You still going to? Are you going to back away? Oh, my finances are aren't doing well now. Give more. Give to God. Allow Him to open the window. Allow Him to do miracles for you. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing during the time of testing. That's where we persevere. And that's, like I said, you know, for me, for that one area in my life, couldn't bone up for it. Couldn't prepare. I go, oh, man, it's test time tonight. I'm going to really be on my good behavior. It <laughs> doesn't work like that. Our professor in heaven doesn't let us know the day or time of testing. Didn't let them know. But what's good about our God is he's faithful. Faithful to our to his word, he's faithful to his promise, even when we're not, even when we're faithless, even when we, you know, do all kinds of crazy, dumb things. Says, "Well, I destroyed the word now. Come on, we destroyed the word. Well, I went on sin. I did this. I did that. No, you didn't destroy the word. I mean, if it's if, if, if it's your word, yeah, you destroyed it. But if it's God's word, it not it's not going to come back void. I don't care what you've done." You just go back to the Lord again and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to agree with you. The word of the Lord will be, will come to pass because nothing's too hard. You think you're too hard for God or too difficult? Oh, I sinned too much? It's crazy. No, no. God's way, God's a, God's a true God. He's faithful and true and he keeps his word. He's not like man. Now, men might, you know, they may mess you up and this may happen and, you know, your children run away or this happens and, and you know, your husband runs away or whatever else. The word of the Lord's going to come to pass in your life. Because he's faithful. He gives us a promise. It's his promise. I'm attesting provision. What time do you end here? Out oh, now? All right. This is a test for me. No. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this because it's now. Close means for a preacher a half an hour. <laughs> no, it's good. There was Peter. Peter was tested in Luke 22, verse 31. We'll close with this. Peter, you know, you know, Peter was called by God. He did miracles. He did the, these, you know, different things. And then, and then, you know, Jesus, Simon, Simon, Satan has uh, wants to sift you as wheat. And then, and then the scripture keeps going. You know, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith fail not. And when you have turned back, strengthen the brothers. When you're converted, and of course Peter was, I'll never deny you, God. And, you know, I'll go to the death, you know, and I, 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 guess what the valley's for? You know, what's the problem for? To get rid of the I. Amen? Say, God, 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 you're faithful, and you're going to bring it to pass in my life. I said a little saying, I'll say it here. You fix a fix before you're fixed, God will fix another fix to fix you. You want me to say that again? If you fix a fix before you're fixed, God will fix another fix to fix you. In other words, he's not going to give up on you. Well, I'm going to take care of this thing. I'm going to do it with my might and the arm of flesh. And it falls apart. Well, what happened, God? Why did it fall apart? Because you're trying to fix the fix before you're fixed. I have a different plan. It's my strength. It's my power. It's my anointing. It's my glory. You don't do well with self-glory. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, people get around you. They don't like you. You know, you're always lifting up yourself or talking about this great man or woman of God. I want to get rid of all that so I can get glory and you can be free. The Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. God wants us free. <clears throat> let every man be a liar, but let God be true. And God's given you guys some promises, and this is the word of the Lord for you. You hang on to those promises. And I don't care what you've done. Well, you don't know, Pastor, what I've, I've just blown it about 53 times. Well, I think God can help you in the 54th time. What do you think? I think he might be strong enough to do that for you, little O you. He might be able to bring that to pass. And he will bring it to pass because he's not a man that he should lie to you. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your promises, God. They're yea and amen. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us many precious promises. Lord, we, we, we can look back and see many of them fulfilled already, but there's, there's, there's more to come. And, and I know you've, you've given this house many promises, and, and, they, and, and there's been frustration. Where are they going? <laughs> Why haven't they come to pass yet? And, and the Lord says, it's not time yet. You thought it was time, but I'm preparing. I'm preparing a house. I'm preparing a people, not only for the region, but for the nations of the earth. I'm making disciples in these last days in this house that will take the gospel of grace and the gospel of the kingdom to the four corners of the earth. Wait on me. You wait on me, I'll, you'll gain new strength. 
You'll mount up as wings as eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. Wait on my promises. They will come to pass for this house and for you as an individual. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're true. You're altogether lovely, God. But your character is so true. And you keep your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can rely and trust in your word this morning, knowing, Lord, that you've given us promises. And, Lord, though we're in the valley of the shadow of death, God will fear no evil, for you're with us even in the valley. Your rod, God of authority, and your guidance, your staff will comfort us until we're on the other side where the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. Thank you for the testimony today of this wonderful couple, God, that you've blessed because they were obedient in, in the problem. And we thank you, Father, that, uh, that you're going to bring it to pass in our lives. Bless this house, Lord. Bless the leadership of this house. Help them to continue to wait on you, knowing that you're faithful and true to fulfill your promise to each one of us and also to this house. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...